Welcome back to the Education is Life podcast. We're going to begin where we left off after a brief intermission. Hope you enjoy. Stay tuned. There's more to come. Beautiful people know true beauty is natural. Beautiful people know true beauty is natural. Wear their naturals proudly. Wear their naturals proudly. As a symbol of pride in blackness. As a symbol of pride in blackness. As a symbol of responsibility to black people. As a symbol of responsibility to black people. A responsibility to promote love and unity among black brothers and sisters. A responsibility to promote love and unity among black brothers and sisters. And help establish a new order of freedom and dignity for our people. And help establish a new order of freedom and dignity for our people. And that's the natural truth. We're lions on Twitter. And we always got someone else's name in our mouth to the point where the people aren't even cultivated on who a lawyer is. I guarantee you, people could probably name more deviants than they can name the attributes of a law. If you're over 30 and you don't know the 99 attributes of a law, then whoever cultivated your Islam has tremendously failed you. What are you in Al Mughni for? Why are you reading about Imam Shao Kani? Why are you in Shahasuna? Why are you doing all this? And you don't even have the basics of who Allah is. They have kindergarten coloring books about the 99 attributes of Allah. And I guarantee yep. you, most of the people that goes to these dars can't give you 99 just like that. Boom. No. But um, but we're lions with each other. We're lions. Yep. A person will hear this podcast and will be a lion with us. Yep. But when a couple of years ago, them jokers was sat outside and shot up the Salafi masjid where sisters was ducking and running out in the cover. Where was the smoke for them? But Aki, let me say this. When, because you said that, I want all the smoke. I want it all. I want all the smoke. Let somebody say something crazy hey, I, and call me. I want it all. Hey, I, listen. I, I have said this once before, and I will. I've said I may have said it on this public platform, but if I didn't, I apologize. I'm gonna say it now. And I said amongst my mm. Sahabas, we have collectively become a nation of cowards. Yes. We don't stand for anything except if it's to sit down and constantly bash one another over the head like we're doing something. We're not doing nothing. At this point, where I'm at, I really like everything is out there. It need to be said about who's on it, who's off it. And, and, and who made yeah. you the driver of the bus to be sitting out, open the doors and kicking people off the bus? For all we know, we all might, right. this whole generation of Muslim might go in the fire. Yep. Salafi. Okay, think, think about it. Hold up, I'm sorry. Let me, let me. When you say this whole generation might go in a fire, I mean, aren't we? Because don't, don't we have blood on our hands for allowing all of this from 2001 till now to transpire in our so-called Muslim brothers' lands? So we're all complicit. We're, uh, I... <laughs> I want to know who's Please. confident to go before a law. That, that's what I want to know. So, exactly. my whole point is we really need to figure out. We really need to figure out because I promise you, I've been saying this for probably about the past nine months that it took this to shake like a law, keep sending mankind. Y'all lunching, y'all tripping. I'm paraphrasing. Okay. Like y'all, but I'm speaking to the people, so I want the people to understand. And I'll call demographics and show law. Y'all lunching, y'all tripping. I'm going to send you this. Oh, you don't want to pay attention to this? I'm going to send you that. Oh, oh, y'all, y'all still don't. I, y'all know, I, I'm going to send you this COVID. I'm, matter of fact, I'm going to give you Trump because. Whenever the, the, whenever you have an evil leader that's ruling upon you, you got to look at the people. Stop looking at the, the wicked tyrant because the wicked tyrant was only made possible based on the wickedness of the people. Yes, sir. 
Oh, y'all. Yo, that's um. Hold up. Um, Hold up. I'm in my rant now. That's that wasn't that wasn't <laughs> enough. I right, I'ma sit back and watch you in the comfort of your home with your baby girl, with your baby boy, to watch all these black men that look like me and you get smashed and slaughtered on a constant cycle. On a con- oh, that wasn't enough. Okay. I'm going to send y'all COVID night to have y'all walking around looking like Resident Evil or one of these futuristic zombie apocalyptic movies. Oh, y'all, st- y'all still don't want to stop and reflect and be grateful and figure out how to increase yourself and the spiritual and to make this world a better. All right, then I'm, you know what? I'm going to let the people out and I'm going to let them trash this company because the loss of panel with Tyler says, I check one people by way of another people. Y'all want to keep doing this? And you know what? And as the law said, man, fear law and join the good and forbid the evil and beware the fitness that befall us all. At this point, unless the loss of panel with Tyler favored certain people, I'm trashing this whole country, Muslim and non-Muslim alike, Christian, gay, Jew, Native American. You ain't going to stop this little rampage right here. I'm going to send it to you. So now, what is next? But see, mm. this is this is what I wanted to add. And when you look at the context um, of the Muslims being the best people, uh, of the best of, of, of creation. And as you mentioned, for that reason of enjoying the good and forbidding the evil. And as a Muslim individually and collectively, nah. wherever, wherever we're at, when certain things befall, we have to look to ourselves and ask the question, what have we contributed to this? Like you mentioned um, about not having or us taking this, this this route of being silent, right? Or this doesn't concern me or so on and so forth. But it does because when you look at all of the corruption that's going on, right, it's gonna have a trickle-down effect, right? Whether it's rampant crime or debauchery or whatever within your communities, also, you're going to have that um, quote-unquote external, like what we're talking about, those punishments that Allah sends down, right? This COVID thing is something that I haven't witnessed in my life. I even doubt my parents or my grandparents have witnessed something that had a, a worldwide effect, right? The, the closest thing that we've seen that I know of is the last recession, right? Where they had a, a worldwide effect. But still, even within that, there were still ease and comfort, right? And this is a, a type of calamity that has, to some degree, put the world to a stop, right? And then following it up, another calamity that's even had a worldwide effect in terms of the outlook of how people see our country. Um, with these riots and protests that have um, emerged in our country. And so then we have to ask, what have we contributed to it? And what are we doing in terms of, at the very minimum, speaking a word of truth in these times of widespread, uh, whether it's facade. Facade. Or, or facade. Yeah. Like, what are we doing in terms of speaking it? And I always mention the the Salaf, right? We don't. I don't mention the, the Muslims in 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 general, right? Specifically speaking, because the mindset that a lot of the Salafis have is that we're Ahwaha, right? Mm-hmm. And if that is the case, if that is the case, that you that you sit back from this position that I'm an individual that's upon the truth, right? What I'm calling to is the correct understanding of Islam, right? Then that causes the, the, the question of, as a person of truth, what are you doing, right? Is your silence a means of um, 
these calamities. And we have the hadith of the Muslims of Allah, where he says, either you enjoy the good or forbid the evil, or there will come a time where you will ask, you, you will make dua to Allah and it will not be accepted. Right? And so these are things that you have to ask yourself. These are things that our leaders should be posing to us, right? Like, how have we contributed to this, right? Because by and large, we're not making our communities in this country better places, right? Because if we look, for example, just at Philadelphia, for example, or New Jersey, for example, or Ohio, for example, right? Or other places where Muslims have large communities, right? What are the positive contributions that they are making where people can look at and say, like we meant, like you mentioned, that the definition that a person gave about the celibates, right? Nah. Which is that they are jihadis and Wahhabis and every other derogatory thing that this person could have said, right? But the contributions that we've made within our communities and society at large, where a person can say, no, that's fake news right there. This is a, 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 a smear campaign, right? This is propaganda. Nah. We're talking about this is what the non-Muslim can see and say, this is not true, right? Because we haven't made by and large, these positive contributions to our neighborhoods all specifically and to our greater communities at large, right? And so, now. You know, you know when, we, when we talk about the contributions, you know, number one, any type of relationship that you build is based off of interpersonal communications. You know, you gotta be willing to sincerely speak to somebody and for for the most part, when it comes to uh, you know the Salafi, the sincerity in building a relationship with a non-Muslim is not there unless there's something to benefit from that non-Muslim. You know what I mean? Whether it's giving dawa or doing some business, or you know even if the person may be interested in marrying a sister or something like that, but just genuinely building a relationship outside of work. Nah, even in work, it's not it's not sincere, you know, from the way that people talk about these people behind their backs. So, you know, the 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 tech fear or, you know, the, the refutations, like, for instance, this particular thing, the ref, the refuting is just rampant. Well, I don't know how it is now, but back then it was ridiculous. It's all and that's that's it's like something that's taught with us. And we it's like we are we are known to argue with each other. So when we come into Islam, we come into this knowledge of the deen, and we see a brother that's off of off of something, the same way we used to joke on somebody or hike on somebody before, we just turn that into refutations. Oh, uh, you know, he, he not doing this right, she not doing, you know, we talk about each other. But we're not seeing that we're used as a tool by somebody else because somebody had to teach us how to, ref, how to refute somebody to make tech fear or how to look down on our on our other on our brothers or our sisters that may not be on on it the way we are or not even Muslim. So it you know, for me it comes back to the identity because regardless how we feel we we're black, we identify with everybody else in America who are black. And they know, like when I say they I mean cops or the government, they know who isn't us but we don't act like we know it's us we have to establish a relationship of trust and sincerity with ourselves and with those around us without strength attached that's number one we can't we we have this idea that we have to look the part and sound apart so if we do all of that from what we think islam looks like when we go, we can't go into a white neighborhood. We can't go into even a Muslim neighborhood that's a foreign, 
that's foreigners. We, they're not going to accept us because we, we have one coach, we have the law, unkempt beard. And when you go to their countries, they don't look like that. And I'm not saying we shouldn't do that. I'm not saying that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is we're the ones who emulate the sunnah to a T. And we're doing this in an environment that is quick, that's easy to identify the oddball. But we think that this dean was, came as a stranger and will leave as a stranger. And that's what we hold on to. We hold on to the hadith that Rasulullah said that at the end of the times, you know, um, my brothers, that hadith about my brothers and the Sahaba said, well, aren't we your brothers? And he said, no, my brothers are those who come at the end of the time who didn't see me, but they believed in me. So we take these things to heart and we, we don't have a, we don't know how to balance it. Like, because our people are so faith driven. We're so religious that we, we, we just OD on religion and they, and these other people know that and they take advantage of us. So we don't fit into this society. We can't stand on our feet and then give dower to people who may be of a higher tax bracket, who may, who may be in corporate or who may be of a different race, even within the Muslim community, because the way we approach things, it just doesn't fit with them. They're not about, they're going to tune us out immediately. You know what I mean? So this is, this is, this is, you know, if we, I feel, I feel very strongly that if we establish our thing and approach others from where we stand, like, you know, this is the black community. Yes, we are religious. We're getting our economics correct. We are responsible for ourselves. We're taking care of our education. We're policing our neighborhoods. We're not uh, making babies outside of marriage. We're not being Muslim and doing crime. You know, we're being good examples of a Muslim. You know, it's not a trend. It's not something that we do to to fit in. No, this is who we are, and we're and we do it to the best of our ability. We, we have we have pride in what we do. Then we can stand on our feet, and we can look at other people and advise them, or or just hold our own. Right now, we can. You know what I mean? We have other people talking for us, and quite frankly, I'm tired of it because. I'm not the most educated person in the world, but I don't need someone who isn't American speaking for me as an American Muslim. It just, it just is necessary. I can speak for myself and there's many American Muslims who can speak for us. We don't need other people to speak for us. So, you know, this is, this is, you know, this is what I have to say about that. No, but topic. I mean, it's relevant because being here in this country, we have our own issues and along with those issues right. is a collective mind state, a collective emotion attached to these issues. For instance, Zena, right. the, the, right. the act of Zena, it's a collective issue that goes on all over the world. But that yep. issue looks different and certain and different countries in Africa it looks different in different parts of the Arabian world it looks different in parts of yep. Asia Europe and it's different over here and there is no no one way one particular way how to communicate that thing that's why the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam sent ambassadors with Hikmah, okay, you're going over here because I think you're best suited to deal with the cultural differences, even though they might be thing as the people over there who I'm sending so-and-so to, but I feel like you understand the issue, let me clarify the issue, and this is what I want you to express to them, but you have to go there and see and experience and how you relay the message to them that's on you just follow these guidelines so coming over here for instance mm. i know here in dc is a particular mind state 
to being a native Washingtonian. It's different from the LA community. They have a totally different mind state. Though we are doing the same thing, New York is totally different. And and outside of Islam, because we come into contact with a guy from New York, we might be like, man, he tripping. What is he, New Jerusalem? What, what, what's going on? Like, what are you talking about? Like, it's cultural differences, <clears throat> even though we're dealing with the same, the exact same issues. So, here in D.C., it's a different sort of mentality that any you can't just bring anybody here to be the imam here. The people are going to love them for the sake of Allah, but they're going to tune them out because a lot of times the stuff that certain imams that have been in this area talk, it doesn't connect with the people. You don't under you you come in with just this general, oh, I'm just going to be hard on the people. But we're but like you got to establish that respect. We big on like, yo, you got to be a we we big on like man respect man, all that other type of stuff because a lot our city culturally comes from a lot of that more science and nature of Islam sort of Islamic background. So it's a lot of little militant kind of tough guy, your chest kind of we're not a humble and meek people. We need a specific type of person to come in who's going to be able to understand what's going on here, how our mental mind state is, and being able to take this one message but deliver it in a way in which the people can connect with. I'd be like, dang, Slum, I know what you're saying. Yeah, man, yeah, yeah, okay. We have our own issues, but we try to take this one this globalization uniformity thing and try to apply it in places that don't fit in Ethiopia. They'll send a person over to wherever he go at the study and then he'll come back to his people and he'll benefit his people more because he understand his people. He could talk to them. You don't right. see too many American tolerable elm going to different parts of the country to be the imam of masjid, of a massage or to be in the community and this, that, and the third. You just, you really don't see that. I don't see it. I've never heard. But I seen once, once, I seen a brother in Savannah, Nam Zaid. He's from, uh, he's from North Carolina. Uh, he's a, you know, young brother, same age as us. He was, they brought him into the, and it was a majority Arab community, but they did bring a black brother out there. You know what I'm saying? He was a good brother. Are like so far and few in between. Yeah. However, you bring, you might bring a brother from Saudi Arabia, Pakistan, Morocco, Egypt, and for some reason, we so kind of slid in a matrix that will believe that this person religiosity is more than the brother that grew up with you, went overseas, studied, and for some reason as an African-American Muslim I can say something, but if a brother come through herb with the big beard and the white crispy stove and he says something and drop in a couple of little Arabic catchphrases, shoom, taking them run with it. So for sure, this is how we would talk, and we and and this sort of behavior, this sort of mentality, unfortunately, extends from the slave narrative, because we have also seen situations yep. where if a black person tried to give you something, I remember this happened to me one time, and I just said, "Wow," talking with a guy from um, North Carolina. And we talking sports, and I sh- I hit him with something. He was like, "Nah, I ain't gonna believe it. I ain't gonna da 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 da." I ain't nah nah. You lying. like argued me all the way down. I so I'm just asking random people who I know is into sports. Other black people like, "Yo, da 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 da." And they was like, "Yeah, da da da." The the guy didn't want to hear. So he said, "Let's go ask Georgie." Georgie was like this big time mafia. Attack. I ain't gonna say big time mafia, but he was like a lieutenant or a captain. And like one of the official crime. Right. And he go to him and say, Man, duh, 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 duh. and I tell you, do say, Yeah, nah. 
He said the same thing I said. Like, nah, he right. And the who was like, oh, right. oh, okay. And, and I was like, right. and I looked at him. And he was like, nah, man, you. I was like, nah, <laughs> like you, you really, you know, brother. Man, that and it took for a white face to stamp that, and you did. You didn't argue yep. and doubt him. He's not even like a sports fix. Like you went with him with multiple black people that sat down and told you the exact same thing without even being prepped for it or nothing. But the white so sometimes we we adopt that whole thing. We we so, don't have so when I when I see you know when I see from being out here, you know, and this is you know we have this I we have this thing in our community where you won't take you know remember Jay Z said you know what's the difference between a four point oh and a four point six, you know forty to grand beat it you know what I mean and he's like you know, and then he also said nigga you broke what the, you gonna tell me. So we have this we have this thing that's embedded in us from our hip hop culture and from our joking culture that we we don't you know and from school where if a kid was trying to do good we joked on him because he was a nerd or something like that but when we see these white boys or these spanish kids and they're doing good we respect them because it's like we it's, I don't want to say the crab in a barrel thing, but we just have this thing where we don't want to see people leave us. I think that's what it, I think that's what it is. We want everybody to stay on the same level because we don't feel self value, and this is where I get into this thing about us not wanting to be with our black women because we feel like we might have something better by going outside of our race, but all the time growing up, we dog our women out. So what I've seen out here that has made me change my perspective is that yeah. they do value us. You know, they, they value us in a great way, you know, from from just respecting us from one being, a, being American, but also from the work we do. Because they see in us something we don't even see in ourselves. We're sincere people. We have integrity. We're honest. We're helpful. We're smart. We're engine. We're 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 like innovative, and we come with solutions. You know what I'm saying? People confide in us more than they confide in other people. But when it comes to us dealing with each other, it's like we have this trust issue where we don't want to open up to each other and give each other that same trust and that same love outside of something criminal. Or, you know, something that's like, you know, sketchy. You know what I mean? If my dude is doing the same thing as me, that's my brother. I love him. But just off the strength of like, you know, everybody trying to achieve something great, if I'm not on his level, I might try to knock him in some way. I'm you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna trust him the same. Nah, that that has to change, man. You know? So for for the black community I'm gonna stop right there. I ain't gonna go on, but yeah, that's that's what I see. And back home, you know, we just need to see, we just need to, we just need to see value in ourselves and each other. Because outside of the United States, we perform better than other people when we are on the same level playing field, and when we put our minds to something. You know, we don't we don't know this because we don't, you know, for the most part, we don't travel. And we don't see ourselves in other environments performing with other people. But you have to see that to understand it. And then when you see it, it changes you. You know what I'm saying? And that's something I've been fortunate to see. Like, I, you know, I, I'm not always the best teacher, but the feedback from the students or the feedback from the administration fortifies my understanding of myself. And, and you know, the work that I do, is it's like, okay, I'm doing a good job. Like we we need to hear that recognition, but we have this this little thing where we don't want to, you know, we're we're tough all the time. Nah, we need to break down those walls to be honest, so that we can let the love in and let the love out. Because we we I don't understand it. We feel like we're so big and bold, but in the in the dark we be crying like little babies. Like cats be the toughest dudes, but afraid of mice. 
You know what I'm saying? And, and that's, that's just corny. You know, that's corny to me. And we need to we need to change this, man. We need to get off of this little high horse and 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 humble ourselves and start to build, you know, ourselves from within so that, you know, we can just um, change our situation, man. And I I think, excuse me, Rebbe, I think that's a um a, a, a really important point that you just made. And I think that is important. And and I'll go as far as saying it for you. Like within the black community, there has to be like complete honesty with regards to a lot of the ills that we face and more importantly, where those ills stem from. And once we correct those, or at least once we're honest enough to accept those, right? And as you mentioned, then you're able to, you know, accept the love and reciprocate the love from an honest place, right? And in doing that, it'll make you that much more of a better Muslim, right? Right. And a lot of the problems that we do have within our communities inside of the African-American Muslim community and outside of it is this element of self-hate that we have with within ourselves. Because when we look at um, a lot of the issues that the tribe has, right, within our communities, the reality of the matter is that these are trivial issues, right? Mm-hmm. Stuff that could be easily worked out without, wallahi, without even a lot of effort, these things could be worked out. And so if that's the case, then the question arises, what's preventing you from doing it, right? Is, is there this secret type of jealousy? Is this secret type of me wanting to pull this brother down and not wanting to see him to, to come up? And I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example, man. And, and you've seen this, right? When, when those brothers, Ali Davis, Abu Sajid, and, and those brothers returned from um, Saudi, right? It was an immediate campaign against them brothers, right? Don't sit with them. They're not upon clarity. They even went as far as saying, like, who have they sat with and so on and so forth, right? They associate with this person. They associate with that person, right? And you, you have to ask, like, why is this? Whereas these brothers are from our communities, they just returned from um, Vietnamia with degrees. How can they be a benefit to our communities and so on and so forth, right? Automatically seeing your brother, being happy for your brother, and wanting the best for your brother, right? And but these types of issues stem from somewhere, right? And until that core issue is addressed, then these problems are going to keep on reoccurring, right? And so a lot of that mentality, like even what you spoke of right here on how it's deemed that somebody that's um, Arab or Indian or something else, by default, they're automatically more knowledgeable about Islam than you are, right? That's a mindset. That's that's yep. an actual mindset that you have to ask where does that come from, right? And it may be the case that the person is more knowledgeable, right? Does have more um, piety and so on and so forth. But by default, they are held up. And then a brother who has just the same qualifications as him, in terms of knowledge and piety and acting on it and so on and so forth, is it? And again, that's a mindset that has to be looked at and addressed, right? And if we can't sit back and be honest with ourselves in private or in public, then the problems are just going to keep nah. reoccurring, right? And this, and this actually goes on multiple levels, right? Why is it that we don't want to be educated, right? 
why is it that only Islamic education is the thing that's looked upon? Why don't we have this entrepreneurial uh-huh. mindset, right? Why isn't our uh, marriages and relationships more successful than not, right? Why don't we have respect and love for our elders? Why aren't we uh-huh. in through community uh-huh. and so on and so forth? All of these are mindsets that stem from somewhere, uh-huh. right? And if we can't address them with Islam as our solution, then the types of things that we see will uh, continue to be perpetuated. Let me wait. Can I, can I say something? Can I say something real quick, brother? Can I say something real quick? No. This this makes me very very frustrated at times because when when while you were talking, I had this the the concept of Wizard of Oz, where we have to go behind the, behind the veil, and and pull that figure out and understand that the fix has been in. Okay. Now, when it comes to this, this this inherent issue that we have with each other. You know, I build on I build on genealogy. I and growing up Christian, you know, we we always talked about black people in America were Hebrew Israelites. And when I was in school, I went to a predominantly white school. Right? Union, New Jersey is like everybody, all the towns around us, they didn't like Union because Union had a lot of white people. And we were good in sports because it was like whites and blacks. But the thing in it, the thing they never understood was what we went through in that school. So I used to tell, I used to ask my mother, you know, I used to be like, well, if Christ, if Jesus is black, according to the Bible, you know, why do they have him as white? So then I would progress like, I wonder if if they depicted Christ as a black person, would they even be Muslim? And then as I became, I mean, would they even be Christian? And then as I, as I came into Islam and started learning about the genealogy and the history of these people and what they possibly look like or what they actually look like, the same thing come up like, would they even be Muslim if they, if they knew that these people looked the way they look? However, let's turn it around on us. What if we knew these people that we admire looked like us it would change our entire outlook on life. When I started to learn about Islam, and I would learn about the Sahaba, especially like Umar, immediately I can associate him with people from Jersey that I grew up with because the the mentality that he had or some of the Sahaba had was just like they was regular people like the brothers I, that I came up with. You know, so you're, you're able to identify with people. Our issue, whether it's religion or whether it's Christianity or Islam, we don't identify with anything because we don't have roots in America. We supposedly have roots in Africa, but we don't have a a country. We can't go anywhere and say, I'm from here. Then when it comes to religion, we don't have, we we identify with religion, but all the people look different from us. When you come to Islam, whether you look, say you do a quick search online, you know, and you say like the description of somebody, these fake behind Turkish images are gonna come up a whitewashed Sahaba. You know what I'm saying? And if you look in Christianity, I mean, they got from God being white to Adam being white. So we have this, this thing that we don't belong, but we don't wanna talk about it. We don't wanna address it. However, every Christian, every black Christian that read that Bible, they know what these people look like, but they don't talk about it. So this is this is where it stems from. We we just have an identity crisis. You know what I'm saying? And but, we can't. But, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but check this out though. Yeah. Within Islam, we know Bilal, right? Yep. Yep. And why he stands out. Yep. Like you said, it's from that identification uh, platform. Yeah. When we heard the story of uh, Atta bin Rabah, for example, right? Okay. Where, where during the Hajj season, he was the only one being able to give a towel, 
Right, right, right. And if you don't mention the fact that he was black and he was a freed slave, right, then there's nothing mm -hmm. special about that story, right? Exactly. It's the fact that he was a, a, a black man, that he was a freed slave. When you look yep. at um, Hamad Ansar, right, the Muhaddithin of Medina, right? Mm. If you don't say that he was from Mali, right? And the journey that he took in order to even get to uh, to Medina, right? It doesn't bring anything to the story, right? Because he, he's in Arabia, he's Arab, he's a Muhaddithin, alhamdulillah, right? But the fact that he wasn't from them and he came there and he was able to excel, right? The actual caveat in this is that the actual thing that elevated them and allowed them to ascend was the fact that it was their Islam that ascended them, right? right? So we understand that this is a blessing from Allah to show you that these things, in essence, don't matter, right? Right, right. But they bring content, context to the story, right? Because right. the fact that, as Allah pointed out in the Quran, that we made you from different colors and tribes that you may come to know one another. Right? Right. Right. So once we get to this point, it doesn't erase our story. We are who we are, right? right. And you take pride in that, right? Not to the right. point where I look down upon you, right? Exactly. But I'm from where I'm from. I come from my culture. You come from your culture. What's, what's our media point? Islam, Allah, Rasulullah, Quran, wa Sunnah, right? These are the things that, you know, bound us together in terms of, of brotherhood, right? right? But it's in, important for these things to be there, right? Because when people see, like, wow, Bilal, the Messenger of Allah said that he heard Bilal's footsteps before his and enter into Jannah. Right. right. Now you have a kid from North New Jersey, for example. Right? right. This example gives him high aspirations in Islam. Right. Yeah. You have a kid from Albania, right, who sees Sheikh Nasruddin al Albani, right? Who's the Muhaddithin of this era, right? He sees that if Albany can do it, and he was poor, and he was white, and where there's a, a, a saying from Sheikh Rabia that he says, let us call, no, I'm not, it wasn't Sheikh Rabia, but one of the people, no, nah, it was Sheikh Rabia, where they used to say, let us call Sheikh Nasser to teach the Arab how to speak Arabic, right? Mm. These things play roles in the minds of people's psyche, right? to say that if he can do it, then I can do it as well, right? And oftentimes we try to play this colorblind game, right? Where we're, we're all the same. And in reality, we're not, right? And oftentimes when this is made aware to people, it hits them like a, a ton of bricks, right? So I think that these things are, are, are vitally important. They can't be the thing that supersedes what it is that actually brings us together. But yet and still, right. these things cannot be ignored or put to the background or even to the point where a person is made to feel ashamed. Like we've been hearing lately, people clearly seeing out of their mouths, I'm not black, I'm Muslim. Right. Like, exactly. Like, like well, what, you, what do you mean? Right, and then even on a deeper level, right? If you take that route, aren't you denying the way that Allah created you? This is how Allah created you. This is how Allah created you to be. You know, let me when we, when we talk about touch on something before we um a couple of minutes back, I think it was mm. one thing. We have to understand that regardless what religious form 
that we've adopted, we've always been a very deeply spiritual people. And we've always brought that to the table from being from Islamic, being Muslim, being Christian, like going back to pagan. We've always had something very deeply spiritual ingrained in us. Um, And like you said, over in Saudi Arabia, we are powerful people. And we don't even have to travel outside the country to see it because the countries travel to us and it's reflected in their culture. We influence exactly. so much. I mean, and you know, we could go into music, we could go into fashion, we could go into sports, we could go into some IT platforms, because when you speak about the uh, for web, who came up with the computation in order for, um, you know, and that's uh, and a lot of their things and agriculture, um, building. When you talk yep. about the per, I mean, we yep. we push the envelope, and this isn't me saying that because of this we are naturally inherently better than. But what we're seeing today is a global economy based off us as builders, as creators. Look at fashion. Who are some of the yep. top fashion people? Look at Kanye West and what he brought to Nike. I just now found out that the designer yep. for Off-White is a black man named Virgil uh, Ublo. He's... Yeah. Yeah, he was a Agba, black man. Agba. He was with yeah. Louis Vuitton. He was pushing their stuff. Look at uh Dapper Dan. Yeah. Look at I mean, it, it, it's almost a yeah. black. Even when you talk about activism and political groups, they're all. It's always a black face <laughs> in the forefront that move. It's the energy. The, the energy is we are financially compensated for what we bring to the table and going back and and we apologize too much Aki. No. we apologize for, for our greatness because we don't especially in Islam we don't want to jump into the taboo of you know oh on. brother you gotta be careful but hold no, on. be I'm careful about, about what I ain't about the commission when we talk yeah, about ahead our community and how we have mm. this sort of self-hatred a lot a lot of us was mm. born into this state because we was raised in this state because our parents passed it on to the children sometimes consciously sometimes unconsciously and so forth and so on I'm going to tie it in I'm going to mm. argue to say that the Salafi community is heavily the, and this country is African American, Black people, Indigenous. I'm just gonna say Black to keep from. It's Blacks. Most of the Salafi Masjid, yeah, the majority yeah, yeah. of the people yeah. is Black. And a lot of times, our Salafi Masjid is in poor yeah. urban areas. And a lot of the Salafis that come into the religion, a lot of the Muslims that come into the religion, that's Black, that's African American for the past 10 to 30 years. I would hazard to say at least 50% of them came from a life of crime, street, and so forth. That's not a bad thing, and it's not a good thing. But I'm just giving my perspective and from what I hear. But this is the truth. And now I'm about to tie this all in. We have not looked at and what we do not address, and this one to tie into a larger issue, is a lot of us that come into the religion, come into the religion with PTSD. Because anytime you engage in criminality, anytime you, you come out of prison, there is a certain level of post-traumatic stress disorder that we become Muslim and we cover it up but we never address our mental health coming to the religion. So when you talk about how reputations catch on like wildfire, 
That's stuff we did prior to Islam. We hated on the dude down the block. We hated on this. Why do yeah. we have trust issues? Because a lot of times a person who was trying to cut our throat in a direct manner, who was shooting at us, who was doing all this grimy stuff to us, was us. We never really subconsciously let that go. So it's easier to gravitate to another race because a lot of us has not been traumatized by a lot of races. A lot of us never really had a real life running with and and really experienced direct systematic racism or systematic oppression or just having a white cop just beat the brakes out of us. A lot of us has not necessarily had that direct Right. Um, confrontation. A lot of us haven't had a white boy sit down and say nigga and call us niggas and spades and monkey. A lot of us, some of us have, and uh, each country, each part of the country have a different demographics. And I'm not saying that it doesn't happen, but for we haven't even traveled uh-huh. enough to even experience that or see that. So a lot of us come, come into it with um with these issues and we sit in a massage but and we just get this general talk, but we never take a deep dive inside of ourselves. So a lot of us is walking around, we have communities with unaddressed mental health problems. But we don't talk about these things. We don't talk about mm-hmm. we're uncomfortable because we're emotional so we can't have an intellectual conversation about these deep-seated traumas. We can't talk about the women, the sisters can't talk about how they was molested as children or how they was raped and we daggone know for sure that a man isn't going to talk about that. He's not going to talk about how he feel inadequate and he's right. always felt inadequate since birth because his parents never gave him a strong sense of self independent of him playing sports or this or that or they or that we've never been encouraged yeah. or cultivated our intelligence, our intellect and the fact that man, hey, it pays to be smart. We have a whole gang of issues that we do not address or oh, that success is status. This is, I got the new Louis, I got the new Gucci, I made it. And then other people outside of us, they're seeing this because they are profiling. Anytime you see a marketing campaign, whether it's a new car, a new line of clothes, a new soda, if they say, we know that that's why Nike, when people went crazy with Nike and Colin Kaepernick, they was like, look at their social stance. No, they pro. They did the profile. They understood the demographic. They realized that the number one consumers on this planet is African American. So if we could get behind yep. this movement, because like yep. how, uh, Gil Scott Hearn once said, the revolution will not be televised. Last, it's going to be social mediaized now, and it's going to be marketed and commercialized. It's commercialized mm-hmm. now. So we're going to we're going to take your revolution. We're going to sell it. We're going to have politicians kneel down with the Kente claw. And we're going to have all these companies now that's playing off our emotions and our fears and our anger. And they're going to say we're going to increase our hiring practice. We're going to do this. Nike, white people say we're going to burn Nike. Nike said we don't care. Because our main demographics is African-American and we're still going to flood this money into the white supremacists because how much did they donate to the Republican Party when Trump was their leading candidate and he was the representative of their thing. We, But all the other people see this and profile us, but we as black people and as Salafis, because we're supposed to be leading this thing, we're supposed to be giving dawah, we're supposed to be the best of mankind in the eyesight of Allah, but we're afraid to have these conversations. So it's no wonder that uh, Ali Davis and uh, Abu Sajid, and they could be teaching from the same books and sitting with the same scholars 
but you'll have a segment of this brother saying, oh, we're going to hate on them. And because this segment understood and was ahead of the curve on social media, that they slow walked the people into now it's a collective uniform response to every question. A person independent question. What? What's wrong with such and such? Oh, he sits with the people of innovation. What does that mean? As Sheikh Rabir or as such and such, as somebody else. Be- we, we, we're lost, and our day is no longer really predicated on color law, color Rasulullah law, because you will become, you will understand, you will come into the religion, and the reason why brothers like me and you, me and you, and other brothers can have these sort of conversations, because we're at, we're at the stage of our life, and approaching the stage of fullness of manhood where we no longer want to drink water from somebody else's cup hand. Where did you get the water from? We want to get down to the source. We trying to cut out the middle man and understand and get to the heart of the matter because when we stand before law, it's going to be us butt naked, uncircumcised, and bare feet, and we're not going to be able to call any co-defendants that's going to carry any weight for us. The religion isn't based on what such and such said who went to college, or what such and such said, or what the such and such said. It's on the Quran and Sunnah. And once we get to that, and we really get the understanding that the religion did not just come, Islam isn't just the spiritual format of how to get the Jenna. If that was the case, then you would not have no Sharia. You would not understand the rules and regulations of commerce and transaction. You wouldn't understand all of these things. It came as a total holistic reformation for mankind. It gave you the spiritual aspect. It gave you social dealing. It told you about family issues. It even told you about how to use the restroom. It's a whole life-changing event, but we're not tapping all the way in because we too busy refuting a person where we really don't have a pot to piss in. Your salat ain't even correct. Why are you talking about such and such and you jacking up the salat and even your 10-year-old son at this point know it? You don't have no real firm grasp of the religion, but you have someone else all the way across town in your mouth based on somebody that said that, somebody that said that, somebody that said that, somebody that spoke to the shake in the closet on a cell phone in the middle of the night. We could never get the transcript. We could never get the emails about how you personally approached that brother and said, man, listen, we know you just came back from overseas, man. Come on, let us embrace you because you're a resource, you're an asset. As opposed to hating, that stuff is, 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 Prior to Islam, we came into the day with that. And until people really take a deep dive, look in themselves and realize what's wrong with me, because what's wrong with you is far deeper than the fact that you was a Christian or you was an atheist or you was a 5% nation. All of those things you sought to try to cover up what's really your issue, what's really why you can't make a marriage work. That's a mental health illness going on in the black community, period. It has it transcends religion. Christianity merge rate ain't that high, and they're sticking to it ain't that high these days. Five percenters, uh, not, we're all going through the same universal thing because we're coming to the table and we're walking through life with all different type of mental health issues, and it's been proven that we are the worst at addressing mental health issues. Sorry for my rant. And let me say this to top it off. And even when we speak about black issues and we speak about empowerment, that's not to say we're better than or we want to come or we want to be over top of anybody. But y'all going to recognize the fact that now we at the table, but but y'all got us in the baby seat. We trying to get to the level where we looking eye to eye with everybody else in the grown-up chair. Don't put us at the baby seat and scoot us up to the table and say, nah, we equal. Laugh. 
those are alternative facts. If we're going to do this equality thing and life and the world and then the religion, then we got to have it all the way across the board. 